Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks today, and thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. A really cool company called Returnity. They're replacing single-use shipping and delivery packaging. Uh, you guys, this is such a hot topic right now as you think about sustainability, especially in the consumer products retail world. Actually, most companies actually have a sustainability target, and I can't wait to figure out how Returnity fits into that. On the podcast today is CEO Mike Newman. Mike, it's so great to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you, dude. I'm so glad you're here. Um, this is like I said. I mean, it, it, in, in my day job, it's like topic one every day um, with the brands I'm working with, and same with the smaller brands, the upstarts that come on our show here, the the guys that are launching new products, new packages, and whatnot. And so I can't wait to dive into your business and what you're doing um, in this space. Before that, though, how about this? Share with our audience a little bit about you and your background before becoming the CEO. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, I've been working on sustainability issues um, sort of my whole career. It actually started in high school because I had this unique situation where I had two classes in a row. I had a science class, and then right after that, I had uh, gym. I played basketball. And the science teacher was always railing against the new athletic fields they were going to build in the nature area that was adjacent (laughs) to the school. And he was always complaining about that. And then the gym, uh, the basketball coach was always complaining about the science teacher who was trying to get them to not build the athletic fields. (laughs) So I had this sort of back-to-back experience. (laughs) Attention. And it was really uh, formative for me because it was actually kind of unique and interesting to see the perspectives, think about those issues in a way. And it's sort of a silly story, but it actually was kind of meaningful for me. It it helped sort of set this foundation that that, uh, has kind of guided me throughout my career, which is caring a lot about the planet, but also trying to be practical about how we think about those issues. And I've done that in a government context. I've done it in a nonprofit context at the Sierra Club. And then for the last 15 plus years in companies that are trying to build successful companies that also can do better for the planet at the same time. Very cool. Also bachelor's undergrad, Michigan in environmental policy. So like all the way back to school. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that was kind of what drove it. I, I did the science and policy degree. I, I, you know, I found practical ways to, to use it and it's been uh, really fun. That's awesome. Well, very, very cool. Um, so let's talk about Returnity. <laughs> Returnity. Um, talk about the business, how you, you got started there in business development, and then you're now the CEO. But talk about the business and, and how it's evolved over the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, it's it's a company that um, was actually originally the idea of James Reinhardt, the CEO of ThreadUp, um, who seven, eight years ago was buying reusable shopping bags from this small Santa Cruz company and said, can you make me a reusable shipping bag? So it was his original idea <laughs> and his original investment money that Very got cool. the thing started. And I was brought in four years ago when the investor group spun it out and said, we got to figure out what we have here. You know, this is a a market with a lot of excitement and and interest, Uh, reusables, shipping, delivery, it's all uh, was already growing so much then, but how are we going to create a business here? So I was brought in to kind of rethink it, take, take it on and, and figure out how to create a successful and scalable business from it. And uh, we've been on that that roller coaster since uh, 2017. You re- you guys say that you offer waste free packaging for brands and retailers, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And every brand and retailer is talking about this. Um, 
tell me what you guys do tactically, how it's evolved um, over the last couple of years since you got there. Well, it's the most visible part of brand supply chain. So it's not a surprise that they really are trying to rethink how they get their products to their customers. They know that people are sick of trying to cram boxes into recycling bins and find places to store them. So it's really uh, sort of in their face. It's in all our faces, uh, how much packaging we're using. And so for us, it's about acknowledging this opportunity and this challenge but doing it in a way that can work for brands from a cost and operation standpoint. And that's trickier than, than consumers might realize because at the end of the day, reusables are more expensive. They're more uh, carbon intensive, right? They're, they're, they use more resources, but they are better for the planet as you reuse them, but you have to actually make sure they're reused. So what we do with brands is actually dive in in a more comprehensive way than they initially even maybe knew they needed to <laughs> be analyzed sure. because- we help them create the circularity that allows the packaging to be the right economic and environmental choice. And then we, and then we make them these uh, durable, easy to use bags and boxes. And then we help them manage their use in the field so that, you know, they're, they're the right choice time and time again. So it's, it's a fairly um, integrated and involved process that we've made simple and efficient and is now allowing brands to really see some exciting benefits. That's really cool. So let's use a real life example like New Balance or Rent the Runway. Talk about circularity and how it works with one of those brands. Well, Rent the Runway was really the pioneer with this and they have a business model that sort of uh, makes sense for it, right? I mean, it's rental. Their customers are already shipping things back to them uh, every every time they use the service. So to integrate a reusable bag or box is a fairly straightforward process. Um, and, and easily justified economically. Um, but that's a pretty small, you know, it's growing, but a small part of the, of the shipping world. And so for us to scale as a business and for this to really have, you know, more uh, profound environmental and economic impact, we had to figure out how to make it work more than just for rental businesses. And so New Balance is a good example. They have, uh, you know, it's New Balance. Everyone knows them. They obviously sell lots of athletic gear and shoes. But they have a, a part of their business, which is sponsored teams, where they're making the uniforms for these sponsored teams. And they ship them samples of the or prototypes of the gear that they're making for those teams. And then those clients are sending it back and, and then they go into production. Well, that's a great unexpected use model, right? It's already circular. They're sending things to customers who are sending it back. You would never think of that when you think of New Balance, but our ability to help them find those pockets of their operations, which are already circular, makes it a pretty simple integration. It makes sense economically. It certainly is is a great customer experience. And and that's how we've been growing is by finding those pockets of circularity. Got it. So things you guys offer include mailer bags, different types of boxes. I saw garment bags, um, chrysalis. Is that how you say that? Chrysalis bags? Is that right? We call them chrysalis Chrysalis, Sorry, I'm not an expert. Chrysalis bags. Um, so tell, tell me how it works. So you, you're out pursuing brands, right, that are doing a lot of direct-to-consumer shipping, right, and or um, buy online, ship to you wherever you might be. And then how does it work? Like, how does a brand engage with you guys? Well, as, yeah, as entrepreneurs know, uh, logistics is very expensive. Packaging is increasingly very expensive. And uh, so, you know, it's not just the sustainability part here. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to want to find a better approach. And so what we do is um, really work clients through an iterative process. It's new for them. It's new for their customers. They need to get comfortable with this as an alternative. And so when we engage with brands, what we do is 
uh, go through a, a needs assessment. We'll put together renderings. We'll make them one-off prototypes that they can test ship. We'll do small batch production from there. It gives them the ability to really validate and refine before they make an investment in what is an asset. These packages are assets now on the books as assets because they're going to oh, be wow. used for dozens of Got shipments. It. Yeah, sure. And 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 be ready to make that switch from you know, cardboard is dumb and easy. <laughs> And right. we have to be dumb and easy too. I mean, that's sort of our philosophy is if we can't be dumb and easy, it's going to be too hard. So we have this, you know, this really handheld process that can make it, you know, easy for, for brands to make the switch and prove that this is the right choice for them. Wow. That's awesome. So, um, as the CEO of this business and you think about growth drivers over the last couple of years since you've been in that role, what are the, the keys to how you've been growing the business, how you've been building awareness of what you guys have to offer? I, you know, I think that ultimately it's not hard to get in the door, you know, as, I, as we talked about earlier, this is a real problem for brands, not just because of the sustainability part, but cardboards at record highs, they're seeing all these delays so we can get in the door and that's not hard, but then to get the sale closed, I think the key for us has been, to be honest, just success with brands that, you know, people know of. So if you're, uh, you know, Rent the Runway is a name that, that has cachet, New Balance has cachet, but we had to we had to perform for them, right? Like it sure. had to work and we had to have those companies be happy. And we were lucky enough to have them as early clients. And now we can show how it's worked for them and give confidence to these new entrants that it can work for them too. And that just took time, you know, shipping and, and manufacturing and getting these in the field and getting enough use cycles under it to show it works. It took time. Sure. One of the um, elements of your business that's super important is return rates on bags. Talk about that and what that looks like uh, in terms of like kind of the underlying problem you guys are looking to solve. You know, I think I think there's no question that consumers have a lot more visibility and a lot more sensitivity to sustainability issues and climate than they did in the past. And that's helpful, but it's only helpful to an extent. And I think where companies can really fall into a trap is assuming that uh, consumers are going to wholesale change their behaviors uh, because of those uh, incentives and that they can take these inherently linear systems like e-commerce. I mean, look, e in most contexts, you know, and if you're, you know, if companies are hopefully not getting things returned to them, right? They don't want right. the return. That is a failure, not a success. And so to try and take uh, use models where most consumers are keeping your products and you're happy and try and get them to return the packaging by itself is frankly, it's too hard to, to do today. You can't get consumers to change that quickly. And so I think that that's something that's really important is that companies are appreciate that taking the least circular parts of your supply chain and trying to switch them might feel like the, the path to the biggest wins, but it's also the hardest problem to solve. And so what we, you know, as I said earlier, what we do is help them find the segments of their logistics today that are already much more circular. It creates momentum. It helps educate consumers. It can make it the right uh, scalable approach. And over time, we're, we're finding ways to extend it into, you know, more broad applications for them. Got it. So as the, the business has grown uh, over time, how much involvement have you had from brands or from retailers or other in terms of design and innovation? How, how do, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's something that we've noticed a lot more uh, involvement over the last six to 12 months than we had in the past. And I think that's a reflection. To us, it's a good thing. And it's because Whereas in the past, this, these were initiatives that were often driven by sustainability teams within companies, totally. which were not necessarily the most 
um, empowered. <laughs> right. Let's just put it, was it just that, that way, right? team over there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And look, I mean, they, you know, they're they're an important part of the part of those companies, but they aren't. They often don't have the budgets. What we've seen over the last six to twelve months is this is being led by purchasing, logistics, supply chain, which is who we want to be working with. Right. They're the ones who have to implement totally. it and manage it. And because they're so, this is so central to their jobs, then they really get their hands dirty with us, which ultimately just makes it a better product and a better system. Got it. Fascinating. As you look ahead the next six to 12 months, in fact, many of the brands um, out there have, have, I don't want to say mandates, but objectives or goals they're trying to meet um, from a sustainability perspective in the next three, four or five years. But as you look over the next one, two years, what are the keys to your growth? Well, I think that the... Yes, we call it the I call it the Taco Bell effect. And what we mean by that is um, this long list of, of companies have been setting 2025 goals around packaging. Exactly. And um, we knew that something really was changing when Taco Bell was one of the companies that said by 2025, they'd be 100% reusable, recyclable or compostable. Because Taco Bell is not generally known as a sort of forward looking company on sustainability issues. It's great. But 2025 is sooner than people realize, right? So what we think is really critical for us and for this market over the next year or two is to get started. You know, these are programs that just take time to mature. It's not always plug and play. And the smart brands that we're working with, I mean, you know, I mentioned, I think I mentioned Walmart and Estee Lauder. I mean, these companies are starting with pilots today to collaboratively learn and refine and grow these types of initiatives. And doing it today means that in the next year or two, we'll know and be able to scale them out within these companies. So to us, the important thing is doing these pilots with, uh, you know, with real focus and intelligence sure. so that the the end of the pipe is going to be a lot of growth for us. I love that. I love to ask our guests uh, for two or three pieces of lessons learned, uh, in your case, leading a business and growing a brand in this space. Um, what advice would you offer to our audience, um, especially as it relates to sustainability and whatnot? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've been doing sustainability focused businesses for quite a while now. I think one trap that's too easy for entrepreneurs to get to fall into is to think about the mission at the expense of the business or your personal health, <laughs> which oh, is to say, nice. okay. uh, that's good. <laughs> you know, a lot of people feel like you get, that's, it's very motivating, right? You know, for a lot of people, they feel so good about the work they're doing because they can see what the potential benefits are for the planet and for the issue or the issues that they care about. And that's great. And you want those kinds of motivations, but the inverse of that can be that you sometimes get, lose sight of uh, your own personal needs. And you can feel like on top of all the pressure of trying to build a successful business, the mission is so important to you that you can kind of get clouded to some of the, you know, some of the external things that are happening. So I think that it's just, you know, at the end of the day, you're building a business, you're an entrepreneur, that's really, really hard. You got to be a little bit nuts to want to take it on. Um, Good for you for trying, but don't forget that the mission isn't, not, you know, always, a, you know, the, the, the planet will keep spinning. So I think that's something that I've had trouble with, you know, knowing when to kind of take a step back and focus on your own personal health and not let the mission drive you too much. Um, the other thing I would say is that it's also, I think, really hard for values-based businesses to ask some of the hard questions like the one I was talking about earlier, where, uh, even though consumers are, are way more aligned to this than they were in the past, to sort of accept that 
uh, your assumptions around <laughs> what can be true, <laughs> right. you have to you have to allow yourself to be wrong. Sure. And and I think in particular in sustainability businesses, um, that's really important. And so. Those things have been hard lessons, I think, for me. They're hard lessons for, you know, often for entrepreneurs who are just passionate to go at it. But it's really important that you stay grounded and you allow for, you know, constructive feedback and criticism to to sort of make sure you're not getting too obsessed with the mission and and you're building something that can be successful. That's awesome. I love that. Share with our um, audience where they can find you, connect with you, connect with the brand, learn more, how to engage with you guys, et cetera. We'd love to have people come to our website. Uh, it's it, you know you can see what we're working, who we're working with, and what we've been putting out in the market, and and obviously connect with us and, and talk about packaging, which we love to do. It's <laughs> our website's returnity.co, uh, not .com.co, so returnity.co, and and we hope to be able to meet some people thinking about packaging. I love it. Definitely, like I said, just so in the center of all that's going on, and, and especially in the consumer product space right now, man, it's been so great to have you, Mike, on the podcast. Um, I definitely look forward to staying in touch and seeing the business grow and seeing you guys get in with more brands. And thanks so much for being here with us today. This is great. Thanks for having us. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.